Ready to do this? What do you got in there? H2O, baby. <laughs> vodka. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Dr. Muse here with Dr. Alm. Today, we want to talk about joint health because this is something that affects millions and millions of people in the United States. And we thought it was a pretty important thing for us to talk about, especially with a lot of or, or a big percentage of the population reaching their 60s and 70s. Um, around this time. So. And it does not end with us telling you that you have to come in once a month for the rest of your life. So there's right. no benefits of chiropractic care, you know, in this little podcast. It's actually things that you guys can do <clears throat> to improve your joint health, really with the goal of having your health span overlap your lifespan as much as possible. Lifespan being literally the amount of time that your ticker is going, health span being the amount of that time that you're living a quality of life. So being able to be independent you know, get up off the toilet, you know, give yourself medication, um, mow the lawn, like whatever the things are, right. we want to make sure that you are independent as long as possible to have as, as long or as, uh, as overlapping of health span to lifespan as much as possible. Yeah. So one of the, the first things that we wanted to touch on was the difference between two things, one of them being lifespan, which lifespan we could define as just I just told. I just said. Did that. Did you just say I that? I just said that. It's typical. Keep that for, in your no editing. By the way, typical None. for me to just completely he just gloss totally over whatever out. he says. So I assume we're covered that lifespan, health span check. You I just, assume he did a good job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, so, are, what are we up to now? So, one of the big things affecting joint health health <laughs> is is the dietary component. Nailed it. So when we talk about the dietary component, there's something that we term the standard American diet or or the SAD. 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 That's amazing. That's about as good as the um, the sad light. The no, yeah, the other the seasonal affect disorder. Sad lights. Yeah, yeah. So sad diet. Yeah. Cool. We're killing it today. Uh-huh. <laughs> so in the standard American diet, it's very heavy in things like refined sugar, uh, oils, and and flour, and it actually makes up sixty percent of the diet. I just read that this morning, and um, there's some someone who who we who we both know he's involved in the same groups that we run in his name is david seaman he has a couple of really good books books. and if you ever get fantastic lecturer yeah if you ever get the chance to see the guy talk which actually he'll be in in town for the for the ohio chiropractic if you want to see a version of jerry seinfeld teaching you about nutrition go see Mm -hmm. david seaman talk but he fantastic he's insanely intelligent when it comes to things like systemic inflammation neurology uh, he really got into a lot of the COVID stuff when COVID was going on, so it was fun to watch him do that. But like I said, if that if you guys want an additional resource beyond this 10 minutes that we're doing right now, check out David Seaman's work and, and some of his books. Very, very uh, good and, and fairly easy reads. But if we don't address this dietary component, a lot of times we'll just see this perpetuating issue and the, these things can begin to lead to osteoarthritis or gout or some of these... these um, inflammatory arthropathies that can affect many different joints and that's including things like rheumatoid which you know that is very much of a um uh, what's the word i'm looking for pathologies pathologies rheumatoid being sure autoimmune disease autoimmune nailed it so yes they're autoimmune but there's typically a underlying systemic uh inflammatory process that it's probably lending itself to the experience of these arthropathies. Well, the, the, so those are gonna represent a very small percentage of you guys, but what you need to realize 
is that even osteoarthritis, which is essentially just natural mechanical wear and tear of the joints, even osteoarthritis has an, a significant um, inflammatory component to it. So even if it is a mechanical problem, the inflammatory component drives that and accelerates that. So you don't have to have psoriasis or rheumatoid arthritis or any of the other inflammatory arthropathies or an autoimmune disease. You can just, if you want to preserve your bone health, the diet is going to be every bit as important, if not more so, than the movement stuff, which mm -hmm. we love the movement stuff. We love the mechanical stuff, but really the diet is a big thing. So what are the major things that we would want to cut out of the diet? So kind of what I had mentioned before, the biggest one, especially in our society, is going to be sugar. You're going to find sugar in just about anything and everything that you can pick up on the shelf. So sugar can definitely play a major role in perpetuating this, this systemic inflammatory process. Um, oils and, uh, as I mentioned, flowers, things that we see throughout so much of the, the recipes or like fast food or, like I said, things that are stocked on the shelves. So we have to begin to really pay attention to, well, what are the elements of, of the product that we're picking up? And sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to navigate well, your way through that. Oils in particular gets hard uh -huh. because something, so <clears throat> the simple answer is there, there's, there's lots of, of components to oil or anything, I guess, for that matter. And you have the two that we're mainly concerned with are omega-3 fatty acids and omega-6 fatty acids. Omega-3s are good. Omega-6s are inflammatory, pro-inflammatory, meaning they stimulate and increase inflammation in the body. So when you're getting an oil, we want to make sure that you're going after oils like olive oil or coconut oil mm -hmm. or avocado oil because they're going to be higher in omega-3s and the ratio between omega-3s and omega-6s is going to be better. Things like corn oil or normal vegetable oil, those are going to be flipped and they're going to have tremendous amounts of omega-6. So while they're both oils, unfortunately, one of them has their oil is, is comprised of more pro-inflammatory um, fatty acids, whereas another one, avocado, coconut, and olive oil are my main go-tos. Mm -hmm. Those are going to have higher components of omega-3s. Yeah. So in, in terms of the dietary stuff, that's where I would start with just about anybody. Let's begin to cut out some of these simple things to see if we can begin to downregulate this inflammatory process. Well, his process. book would be the, 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 the deflame diet. diet. Yep. So once again, David Seaman, deflame diet, deflame, deflame, whatever. You can pick that up on Amazon for pretty cheap. Great resource. I've had plenty of patients uh, end up buying it and reading it based off my recommendation and absolutely loved it. Movement. Um, besides that, movement. Um, so something that we talk about very often here is something called joint centration. We won't necessarily get into the, the nitty gritty of it, but joint centration. Just say moving well. <laughs> moving, joint centration, we're just talking about things that we may do in here to promote the most, um, I'm gonna be careful with what I say here with him because he just did a presentation on this not too long ago, but the most optimal joint loading strategy where Oftentimes with certain pathologies or motor control issues, we'll see overloading of certain segments of, or certain portions of the joint. You could think Fair. of it as, yeah, close. You, you could think of it as if the joint is centrated, so that's a dynamic phenomenon, it's going to maintain the most optimal positioning to minimize the load on the passive tissues, bones, cartilage, um, the menisci, the labor on the shoulders, uh, ligaments, I think I already said ligaments. The better job that your brain and your body is, does of managing the joint position, the less actual wear and tear you're gonna have on the body. That's basically in a nutshell. So moving well would be moving with centrated joints. That would start with making sure that you're able to stabilize correctly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but without getting into like the super nitty gritty right. details about that, let's just talk about major things that you guys can do, not worrying about centration, just yep. big things that you can do. So one is just consistently move. My whole thing is move every day. Doesn't mean you're training for something, doesn't mean that you're working out every day, it's just you are getting out and you are moving every day. So walking, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated forms of exercise out there. So if you were to walk, you know, my wife and I try to walk after every meal. Why do we want to do that? Well, we want to increase our walking volume. Number two, you can have a 50% reduction in the insulin that you actually need after a meal just by getting out and walking for 10 minutes. So less insulin, better management of your sh- blood sugars, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you had mentioned earlier when we were chatting uh, about movement variety. Yep. So you know, it's, uh, exercising is great, but it's better to have a wider variety of movement to minimize any potential risk for you know, a, an overuse injury. Yeah, so like, especially in today's world, we've lost this idea of play. A lot of our workouts, our exercise is very much repetitive in nature, which I mean, if you're working out at all, that that is great. But if we're looking for uh, optimal joint loading and joint health, the more variety we can add into our day-to-day life. So if you're going for a walk one day, maybe ride a bike the next day. Or, you know, for me, jump I like... Jump rope, whatever. Jump rope, paddle boarding. <clears throat> like, just different stuff that is challenging the joint structures in many different ways. And it doesn't have to be a workout. Yeah. Right? It could literally just be, like you said, play. You could just go out there and just move. Yep. I would say 20 or 30 minutes is my thing. That may not be, you know, uh, possible for everybody if they've got five kids or whatever, but um, getting out there and moving is going to be important. So to review, we were talking about things that you guys can be doing to improve your overall joint health so that you can have the longest health span relative to your lifespan. So the things were really diet maybe is the biggest thing, and that's going to be minimizing your sugars, in general, um, trying to eat more of an anti-inflammatory diet, right? So we're staying away from refined grains, um, just sugar just added to things, right. right? And then on the movement side, we're just talking about just trying to consistently move your body and making sure that you have a wide variety of movement so that you're not overloading any given tissue. So those things alone, mm-hmm. it's more of a long-term investment. It's like investing in a 401k or something. You're not going to do it so that in a week you're, you're better. You're going to do that so that in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you're just moving better. You maintain independence, and then therefore your health span is you know, going to be as long as possible. Right. So to review, no, I'm kidding. Diet, I, was, yeah, I, was, I was actually listening. I had time. some jokes in there, but I, <laughs> for time, I let it go. We hope you guys got some valuable, valuable information from this. Once again, David Seaman, Deflame Diet is a great book for you to check out. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out to us, and we'd be more than happy to chat with you. Otherwise, we hope you guys have a good rest of your Wednesday, and we'll see you guys next week. Stuck the landing. <laughs> <laughs>